0: everybody
1: welcome back to mile higher podcast episode 159 today we are doing an episode that i've been wanting to do for a really long time i've definitely mentioned it on the show like at least a few times in the last year or so you have because i found this when i was going down a little rabbit hole about chimpanzees and the crazy shit that they can do they are and some
0: scary motherfuckers. Man.
1: They really they can be not all of them. There's some great chimps. I've met some great chimps. You've met some. Actually, no, I've never really met any chimps. But I've say. like <laughs> seen them on like National Geographic. I've seen some nice. Well, chimps. yeah,
0: in the wild, they're right? like fine. But yeah. when it comes to human interaction, that's when things get a little dicey. It
1: can. It can for sure. And they can fuck you up. Like, yeah, I mean, it's really unbelievable the strength that they can have.
0: yeah they're stronger than an adult male like Mm -hmm. and they have their teeth are razor sharp i mean they've got huge fangs Mm -hmm. it's you know they have all the features of a human being but they've you know they're killing machines if they want to be
1: so it's a little different of a episode for us of a topic i guess because we normally do crime but i really think this is almost crime this is kind of true crime there was a crime committed here by an animal <laughs> well and by this human too there's a lot to talk about this story is very complex and very interesting and if you guys are interested in these stories, let us know because I know plenty of interesting chimpanzee stories <laughs> i I'm telling you there's a lot of crazy stories because they they're also very emotional animals and they can get angry at
2: people it's not just it's not always just such a random thing well it sounds like this chimp dealt with like severe mental illness. He, he did, and he was being treated for
1: that. I mean, it's very complex. So what's this we'll get into chimp's
0: name it. that you keep referring Travis, to? Travis.
1: We're talking today about... Tra- did I not even say his name? You we're didn't. talking about Travis the chimp. This is one of the most, I guess, popular chimpanzee attack <laughs> stories. But there are so many of them, for real. You know, There's this one I was reading about earlier. There was a group of chimpanzees. Oh, you heard this with me. They were... So mad at their zookeeper, whoever was watching them, I think it was some type of sanctuary. He brought one of them a birthday cake and didn't give the rest of the chimps a birthday cake, and they all mauled him because they were so jealous that they didn't get a cake as well. That's how like emotional yeah. they can get.
0: They have this sense of like fairness yeah you know and if they do things if they feel fair, wronged then, yeah feel like you've done them wrong then they make mm-hmm, you pay. Mm-hmm. They even do that to their own. I mean, there's you know brutal to their own different. I know there's like videos out there of chimpanzees literally taking down like one of the you know adult males in the group because of for whatever reason they didn't like what he was doing and they cannibalize him mm-hmm. they murder him they use stones People and like beat him alive. to death like dissect them yeah yeah you never really like growing up you know you you learn about chimpanzees and uh-huh. like the first like chimpanzee i i learned about was curious george <laughs> the curious Is george chimpanzee books. well there's a debate whether he had a tail or not but he didn't he He didn't didn't have a tail so So i think he is a chimp yeah Um. but like as a kid that's (laughs) kind of like your first you know you start learning about monkeys and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but Mm -hmm. you know you then you go to the zoo and you get to see the the monkeys at the zoo but you never really you know until you really dive into like the world of national geographic you really start realizing you know what these animals are capable of and how Mm -hmm. you know you always think of like gorillas being big and strong and like could mess you up but you, you think you never really consider the idea that a chimpanzee could could absolutely destroy you if it wanted to yep and the fact that you know people think that it's okay to have these types of animals as personal pets mm-hmm. is is very controversial I mean a lot of it people is. feel a certain type of way about it but you know and
1: for good reasons because there's so many examples of this where people will get you know, a small little cute chimpanzee, and then it grows up to right, be like right. an adult man that's yeah. a- almost like roided out. Like they're like in- insanely strong,
0: it's testosterone wild. raging through their system.
1: So today we are going to be talking about Sandra Harold, who is the owner of Travis the chimp, and Charla Nash,
0: who's her best friend. Who is
1: her best friend
0: and the who victim in best this friend. case? Yeah. Yes,
1: but I mean, I meant like they're not friends anymore.
0: Right. Right. So yeah this is the story of it is i'm glad Travis, we're finally the doing the this
1: i know it's a lot for janelle she was very against this from the beginning no it's
2: fine <laughs> it's just pretty survive <laughs> it's pretty gnarly but it's pretty warning it's pretty gnarly it <laughs> is
1: it is but it's i think it's it's really important to educate people about the dangers of having Wild exotic animals, animals. Yeah. yeah
0: no it really is so that is what we're going to be diving into today yep this episode of Malhar podcast is brought to you by function of beauty third love native raycon and candid ceo also, we do have some merch from our last 420 collection that's still out there, so go and yep. get it while you can. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we've restocked a few items, so if you know there was something on there that mm-hmm. you got on the website and it was out of stock, go back and check again because it's yeah. most likely back in stock.
1: I think we're working on tumblers; it might take a little yeah, while, but, but yeah, or are they back?
0: we'll we'll be getting them back asap. Crazy. They're probably up right now as we're as we're speaking. So,
1: but thank you guys so much for the support on that drop. We were surprised to have sold out of things like and for all of your support with Higher Love Wellness our first sale. We had a ton of orders and so much great feedback. I mean, some of you got your orders in like 2 days. Some of you, you know, it's really unpredictable with the post office right now. It's like all over the
0: place. But. It really is. It's we yeah. have no idea how long things are gonna take to get to people sometimes. <laughs> it seems it's like faster, it's getting better. Shorter.
1: It seems like it's getting better, fingers crossed.
0: Let's hope so. But
1: anyway, you ready to get in?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and get into the story of Travis the Chimp.
1: Okay. So let's start with Sandra Harold. So Sandra was born in nineteen thirty eight. Her parents owned a popular bakery in downtown Stamford, Connecticut. Sandra grew up as an only child and grew up around animals. So obviously animals were kind of her friend. She had a beloved German shepherd named Gretchen and she took care of horses on her parents' land as well. So Sandra got married right out of high school, but the marriage didn't last. And then she got married again and had a daughter named Suzanne in 1961. She adored her second husband, but they had violent fights over his affairs and they divorced after only four years. When she was 30, she got married for a third time, this time to a guy named Jerry Harold. He was a kind man, and he gave Sandy and her daughter Sue a stable life. Everything was easier for them, and that is, you know, a big part of why she was attracted to him. He also adored Sue and raised her as his own daughter, so they were happy. They moved in with Sandy's parents on Rock Ribbon Road in Stamford, and they started several businesses together, and one of them really took off. They ran this towing service and an auto repair shop, and it was so successful that they actually became millionaires doing this.
0: Wow. That's pretty, pretty intense, impressive. right?
1: For, yeah. For auto stuff. It's hard to do. Eventually, they started getting into horse competitions. They started taking them to barrel racing events at local rodeos, and Sandy did races, and they became pretty good at it. When they were at Loretta Lynn's traveling rodeo, she met an 18-year-old woman named Sharla Nash. Now, Charlotte was born in 1953. She had two brothers and was a rodeo cowgirl her whole life. Charlotte also always had a deep affection for animals, especially horses. When she was 17, she left home and started following rodeos all around the country. Now, when she met Sandy, they had an instant connection and eventually they developed a really close bond and became lifelong friends. So one day the two of them were at one of these rodeos and they watched this event where a chimpanzee was dressed as a cowboy and was riding a horse around the ruin. Like how degrading and ridiculous. But anyway, Sharla and Sandy ended up meeting this chimp after the show and he took gummy bears from Sandy's hand and she was very charmed by him. So at the next show, this chimp spotted Sandy in the crowd and so he jumped off the horse and ran all the way over to her and jumped in her arms. So clearly he had some type of connection to, took her, a liking really to her, really liked her. Yeah. Or maybe he just, you know, wanted the some gummy, more gummy bears. bears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably what it was. Yeah. So soon Sue started barrel racing events alongside her mom and she took a job at the family business. They were a very close knit group of people and loved spending every day together. Eventually, Sue started dating an employee at the tow shop and the two of them fell in love. They got married and they moved away. And around the same time, Sandy's parents both died. So she kind of felt like she was losing everything at once and started to feel really lonely and bitter and wasn't really sure what the next chapter of her life was going to look like. So that was what was going on with Sandy around this time. Let's talk a little bit about Travis,
0: the chimp. So Travis, the chimpanzee, was born on October 21st, 1995. And he was owned by Connie Casey, who is a breeder of chimps located in Festus, Missouri, which is a rural area outside of St. Louis. His father, Coco, was actually captured from the jungles of Africa, and Casey paid $12,000 for him. His mother was a retired chimp from a zoo named Susie. And shortly after his birth, Connie called Sandy and told her, your baby has arrived and it's a boy. Before Sandy got there, Connie tranquilized Susie and took the baby chimp from her cage, which Mm. that's, yeah. Absolutely sick. That's not going to be good for poor Susie, getting her baby stolen from her. So Sandy flew to the Lambert St. Louis International Airport and then drove to the breeders to pick up her new son. And soon after, she named him Travis Tritt after her favorite singer. But when Sandy held... Her tiny newborn chimp in her arms it made her so happy that she cried she then paid connie fifty thousand dollars for travis so crazy. and brought him home at three days old
1: that is like a, a nice car It's a lot of money
0: yeah fifty thousand dollars i mean yeah, i guess it right? makes sense if they're a millionaire so that was nothing to yeah, them probably that's true yeah to go like and whatever. buy a, chimpanzee so just to give you a little background on chimps because i think it's important in this story to really understand chimpanzees and you know kind of some background info on them so chimpanzees are the closest living relatives of human beings they actually share up to 98 percent of our dna
1: 98 percent. yeah they're
0: very that's crazy there's like just two percent difference between us and them
1: a lot of people don't realize that mm-hmm. you know just how much yeah it's a high number it
0: is And like we just mentioned, they're not monkeys. They're one of four species of great apes, which they are gorillas, bonobos, orangutans, and chimpanzees. Chimps are also an endangered species that's nearing extinction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, according to the World Wildlife Fund, there are only about 172,000 to 300,000 left in the world. And there may be fewer than 120,000 left in the wild. Chimpanzees live in troops, which are dominated by an alpha male, and they live in forests and savannas of Central and West Africa. And these troops are close-knit family groups of up to 120 chimps. And in the wild, they live for about 30 to 35 years. But if they're well cared for in captivity, such as in a sanctuary, they can live for 50 Mm -hmm. or 60 years. Adults are usually about three to four feet tall and 60 to 150 pounds or more. And chimps in the wild stay with their mother and nurse until they're about five years old. So this poor chimp was taken from his mother three days old.
1: And they're meant
0: to live for five years with their mother.
1: So that obviously has to do something mentally to the chimp.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: It just would be possible to not
0: affect them. Yeah. I mean, in the wild, it, it would be. And in the wild, they keep traveling with their mother until they're young adults around 13. That's how long they're like together with their mother for.
1: It's got to affect you the same, uh, you know, affect a chimp the same way it would affect a human to be taken from their mother that early. That's got to have trauma.
0: Oh, I'm sure it it has something to do with their psychology figure, you know. Right, right. And most chimps sold as pets are taken from their mother when they're just a few days old, like Travis. Mm -hmm. But by the time chimps are five years old, they're usually too strong for a human to handle and can't stay living in a private residence. Right. But those that are raised with humans can't go to a zoo either because they weren't taught how to socialize with other chimps. Mm-hmm. And imagine you know, bringing a human-raised chimp to even yeah. a sanctuary of, of you know, yeah. wild chimps to some extent. Mm-hmm. Probably is not going to be good for that chimp. It's no, going to be cast out confusing. from the troop. So even though chimps seem to share so much of the human experience and human emotions, they do have their own distinct verbal and nonverbal language to express their emotions and lived experiences with each other. They can learn and borrow from human communication but what they actually feel and perceive about the world around them is unique to chimpanzees very important to understand so sandy and jerry bonded with travis right away and treated him like you know he was really their Their son baby
1: Yeah. yeah which i have like i mean we've seen like remember that one show we watched forever ago about the couple and they had all the baby chimps and they really they were like their kids they never had kids and they they did. I mean, I don't know if those were chimpanzees, though.
0: Yeah. No, I think a, they were smaller. Probably some type of monkey. Some type of primate. But I mean, a lot of there's a lot of people out there that own. Monkeys. Yeah.
1: And I certainly don't want to shame every single person who has one.
0: Because, I mean, a lot of monkeys stay small, too. They're right. going to get to a point where they're. Mm -hmm. probably capable of killing you
1: but i think a lot of people that end up buying exotic pets in general like this i know happens with the micro pigs all the time is people buy which i believe doesn't even exist a micro pig isn't even an actual thing they just tell people that and that's how people get in over their heads you know you buy this cute little baby chimp when they're a baby and then it eventually i mean they live really long and yeah. they, get, so they get overwhelming for people. And that's definitely what happened here. Like yeah. is these all these pictures of them holding them as a baby. Like, I'm sure this was all really cute and they were attached to him. But
0: yeah, I mean, she bought him all kinds of nice clothes and dressed him every morning. She also mm-hmm. bottle fed him, burped him and put him down for naps in a crib.
1: I mean, it's totally adorable. Like I've seen people put I follow TikTok accounts with people that have monkeys and they dress them up in little clothes and they yeah. are like little human babies. So it's cute. It, I see the appeal right for why i used to always tell my parents i'm gonna own a chimpanzee one day i want a chimpanzee one day obviously i you know had no idea what i was talking about but (laughs) yeah they're really cool animals i see why people end up they are and i mean
0: they are so similar i mean it's the animal that is closest to us yeah so it's a i guess in a lot of people's eyes a Viable replacement to a mm. human child mm-hmm. is a chimpanzee, but
1: <laughs> they really can't. I mean, the, the way that they feel emotions, the way they react yeah, to certain right. things, react to toys like I've seen monkeys like playing with slime and Play-Doh, and they yeah. really are like children.
0: Yeah, I mean, they can even play video games. I think we talked about mm-hmm. this like a few weeks ago. Uh, Neuralink, right. Elon Musk company, we did talk about this. Uh, has been <laughs> use pr- using his technology is <laughs> creating that's eventually going to be uh, used by humans yeah. on chimpanzees mm-hmm. and chimpanzees have been able to with their just brainwaves play that pong game you know the two mm-hmm. paddles thing hitting the ball back and forth Yep. and they've been able to sit there and play that with their own you know brainwaves yeah so that's how similar they are is it like that and yeah. that's why we sent chimpanzees to space right. i mean the, the chimp yeah. was like one of the first it's
1: like the closest way to see how it could be for us yeah right because I
0: mean, they are so similar
1: totally they really are in the way that the, definitely the way that they feel and express emotion you can tell even in their facial expressions like They'll do like the eyebrow, one eyebrow up. Like you you can tell confusion in their face or love in their face or anger.
0: Mm -hmm. Just
1: they're so expressive.
0: It makes me wonder, you know, how much Sandy actually knew about chimpanzees before she got Travis. Like, did she actually research 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 what a full grown male chimpanzee (laughs) is like or capable of?
1: How much information was there even though when she was like, you know, first adopting him? How much was on the internet at that point? I mean, yeah. she, I guess you could go to the library, but yeah, <laughs> she sure clearly not a... did not realize what she was getting into. No. Or did and just did it anyway. Just ignored Who it. Knows. Yeah,
0: exactly. So Sandy and Jerry marked Travis's milestones, like rolling over the first time and learning to walk across the floor, balancing on his knuckles. And Travis was a quick learner. He picked up their language and learned how to care for himself. He even brushed his teeth and used the toilet. He also took baths with them. He ate meals at the table and even went out to eat at their favorite restaurant <laughs> can you imagine being at a restaurant and you look over and there's a chimpanzee in the booth next to you
1: i'd be lit
0: i mean that'd be cool but i'd but also be concerned i'd, I'd be, be very concerned i would be, concerned. I'd be excited yeah. for
1: a second and then the concern would hit
0: yeah don't don't like, give that chimp a bad uh, look man
1: yeah and just like what the fuck people right. like, what the hell
0: Let's, and Sandy would be there and she'd be like reading the menu out loud to Travis like, so that he could like figure out what he wanted to get
1: that's honestly really cute though. it
0: is It is. <laughs> and at home Travis got his own drinks and snacks and he even microwaved steam in a bag vegetables so he knew how to use a microwave
1: damn
0: that's pretty impressive
1: he could have probably just like lived alone in there without them yeah what he if he got to the point where he was like let me just eat these people that's, and then yeah just I'll take live- over their
0: house <laughs> <laughs> Travis loved to eat oatmeal for breakfast every day, and some of his other favorite foods were filet mignon, lobster oh, tail, Lind's chocolates, nerds, taffy, and ice cream.
2: I didn't know like eat all these things.
1: I don't. I feel like that's. I'm sure it's can't not be good. good,
2: good. For
1: <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah. Remember we watched that we watched that documentary I was talking about a long time ago. That that monkey was like obsessed with cake and like ate yeah, cake all sugar. the time, and they were like constantly giving it cake.
0: Yeah. That
1: can't be good.
0: No, it's gonna fatten him up. What yeah. Do. Yeah. Apparently, whenever the ice cream truck would drive by their house, Travis would get excited (laughs) and Sandy would walk him outside to get a treat. Mm -hmm. Jerry also taught Travis how to play catch and ride a bike. He even taught him how to use the lawnmower and feed their horses.
1: Literally, if you (laughs) are not watching YouTube, there's a picture of Travis operating the the fucking lawnmower.
0: That's wild. I mean, that, that just shows you how intelligent they are. I mean,
1: Yeah. And then get this, dude. He also drove... This motherfucker knew how to drive a car. And Sandy would let him sit on her lap and take the wheel of her Corvette, which was his favorite
2: car. Now, I'm confused because typically Corvettes are um, stick shifts. So what the fuck? He knew how to Was shift. he driving a stick shift? <laughs> or maybe it was an automatic. I don't even know if they make automatic it Corvettes.
1: probably wasn't. Dude, me- if that's the case, Travis is smarter than me because I cannot drive a stick. I I've tried several times.
0: It's just not going to happen. It probably was. That's a good point. It probably was a stick. on, Especially an older Corvette like that, I guarantee I'm it was like, a stick. I'm yeah, like, yeah, What?
2: But how did he get his legs all the way down to the clutch? Or maybe I don't don't
1: know if he ever just like drove by himself though. Maybe he was just
2: on her lap and she was doing like the brakes
1: and pedaling and the shifting and he was just steering.
0: Well, I mean, as an adult, I mean, I mean, once you get to that full-grown size i'm sure they could slide the seat up enough to where he could sit there and like reach down with his little toes his little finger <laughs> so what toes if you're an
2: officer and you just look over and there's a fucking chimp yeah, driving on they, someone's lap and that's what i'm saying like was he literally driving down the street to king super's uh, no, or was I he like it. in the like driveway like in the was first of all it was just
1: on her lap he wasn't just like taking the car for spins but well. Even if you saw that, though, like, what would they even uh, excuse me, ma'am? Are you driving with a chimp on your lap?
0: (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) though. But Sandy and Jerry were continuously amazed at how much he was like them. Yeah, he was an amazing problem solver. He showed empathy and had a delightful sense of humor. He loved to tease Sandy when she was on the phone by flipping through the channels on the TV as fast as he could. And Travis really enjoyed watching TV especially sports. He watched baseball games with Jerry and cheered for his favorite team. Sandy also dressed him in a blue bikini and big gold hoop earrings to spend the day at the beach. She literally took Travis everywhere with her, like on a leash, put a diaper on him and like walk him around wherever she went.
1: Can you imagine seeing this? Like he's big already at this point. There's a picture of him here on the leash and he is he's got away more than her at this point. What yeah. would you do if you're like walking your dog and you see someone walking their chimp? Mind my own
2: business. Yeah. <laughs> Mind my own business. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to go. Don't up make to eye it, contact. Yeah, I'm not Definitely. trying to get killed. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so Sandy and Jerry completely changed their lives for Travis. They caged in a room in the back of their house for him, and they put in tire swings and ropes. He also had his own bed and a big comfy chair. They also put a mattress in their room where he slept most nights.
1: Big deal. We have a room for our bunny, too. That's true. Our bunnies. Your bunnies. They've got their own bunny suite.
0: (laughs) His room led to an enclosed outdoor area as well. That's cool, though. And that side of the house was locked off from the rest and became Travis's suite. And when Sandy and Jerry were home, he could go wherever he wanted in the house. And when he was left alone, he could roam freely in his suite. And they made sure he was safe by using reinforced locks on areas he wasn't allowed in. Their property also had tall oak trees, and they added swings and ropes for him to play on. They even started taking him to work with them at the tow shop every day, and everybody that worked there absolutely adored Travis. They even converted a room above the shop into his special area with ropes, tires, and trampolines. (laughs) And there's literally pictures of him like swinging around this tow shop. They literally made like a jungle gym for him. At at their workplace.
1: They also ended up building a loft apartment next to her shop for her daughter Sue and her son Tyler, so their grandson. She had just recently left her husband and moved back home with them to work in the shop. So Travis loved playing with her son Tyler, and for a while they were almost like peers. As Travis grew up, he became very protective of Tyler. And we will get more into Sandy's friend Sharla when we get back from our ad break. So one day Sandy's friend, Sharla from the rodeo ended up visiting the shop with her young daughter, Brianna. At this point, Travis was still little and still drinking from a bottle. And Sharla was surprised to see Travis. She didn't even know that her friend had gotten a chimp. You know, it's not something you expect when you go over to someone's house. So Sandy ended up taking a picture of Travis and Brianna posing together beaming with pride as he gently stroked the little girl's long blonde hair. So Travis clearly loved little kids. Charlotte ended up visiting again by herself when Travis was a little older this time. He jumped down from a tree onto Charlotte's back and pulled out some of her hair. And she told Sandy that that had really hurt. But Sandy just laughed it off. It's kind of like when you go to someone's house and they have a huge dog that's like jumping on you and like, Ripping like, you. They, just, hi, they, they, just, hi. Hi. they
2: like, just want to say hi. They just want to say hi. They just want you to give I'd him a hug. But also, I I remember as a kid that would scare the crap out of me. Yeah. Like, dogs are so much stronger than me. Like, <laughs> ouch, please at least like try to be like down, down. Like, I understand sometimes
1: dogs do that. My yeah. dogs jump on people, but you know, yeah, it hurts. Like,
0: sorry, I'm not chimp just pulled your hair out. Yeah. Ha ha, ha. <laughs> like, <laughs> He what? likes you.
1: Yeah, maybe he just likes you. And Travis seemed to love posing for photos. He actually was the mascot of the tow shop. His picture was on their trucks. He went along on tow calls sometimes. And everyone in the town knew Travis and wanted to get a picture with him. Some people even let him hold their babies for a picture. Oh,
0: my God. I know. Wild, man. Well,
1: looking back and... yeah. Ooh. So Travis was always excited to meet new people, obviously, and his favorite people of all were police officers. Strangely enough, interesting. Every cop on the force knew Travis, and there's multiple pictures with different officers. We'll put them up on the screen. So clearly, everyone was felt big really fan. comfortable with him. Yeah, big fan.
0: Well, and th- at this point, you know, in most of these pictures, he's still like, mm-hmm. you know, he's not full grown yet, so mm-hmm. he's not like,
1: you know, still kind of like a baby.
0: Yeah, it's kind of in between.
1: When Travis was five, Sandy's daughter Sue got married again, and she and her husband moved to the Outer Banks in North Carolina so he could open a business, and then they had two more kids together. Sandy was devastated that Sue had moved away, and she actually did not like her new son-in-law. She blamed him for taking her daughter away from her, so sounds quite toxic. But they also did stay very close through this, and Sue was actually just as unhappy to be away from her mom. She called her every day and would send her letters. Sorry if you guys can like hear any rain or thunder or strange sounds. There's like a huge rainstorm happening here right now, which we honestly don't get a lot of rain in Colorado, so we don't often have to deal with this. (laughs) But as you can see, Josh's shirt is like covered in rain. He just had to run outside.
0: Yeah, every now and then we get severe thunderstorms and today just happens to be one of those days. Yep. But anyways, Sandy would read these letters out loud to Jerry and then preserve them in plastic. She would send money and gifts to Sue and her grandkids all the time. Sue drove back and forth from North Carolina to Connecticut to visit her mom often. And in September 2000, she was on her way back to North Carolina with her infant daughter. Earlier that day, she had some back pain and ended up taking a Percocet. And somehow she ended up veering off the highway and slamming into a tree. Her with do- her daughter in the yeah, car. with her daughter in the car. Her daughter wasn't hurt at all, but Sue was actually thrown from the car and killed. Due to this accident. As a result, Sandy was a wreck. And during the funeral, when she saw her son-in-law, she screamed, that's that bastard. If it wasn't for him, my daughter would be alive.
1: Which doesn't even make sense, as far as what we know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty clear that the perks had something to do with the accident. But for years, Sandy was very angry and depressed, and she lost touch with her grandkids and most of her friends in general, and was even suicidal. She'd spend her days with Jerry and Travis, who is now the only child she had left. They settled into a quiet routine, and one night Travis wanted to try Jerry's wine, and he liked it. And they began a nightly ritual of having a glass together every evening. What the fuck? Drinking alcohol with your chimp? Mm. Oh.
1: Sounds like a smart idea, yeah. bro.
0: Sandy also started taking Travis to the beach again. She brought their dog along with them, and Travis held his leash as they walked along. In October of 2003, The three of them were watching the World Series together and rooting for the Yankees. Sandy and Jerry had to make a quick trip to the shop and took Travis along for the ride. So they climbed into their SUV, and Travis buckled himself in, and he rolled his window down about halfway down. And when they were stopped at an intersection downtown, someone threw an empty bottle through Travis's window. He didn't react much, he just grunted and quietly got out of the car. He then ran across the street and jumped up toward a person in a playful manner. He then started rolling in the street and people started laughing and crowding around. Travis realized he was the center of attention and started jumping on cars and chasing people. And people were just honking their horns and cheering. (laughs) At this point, the traffic was completely blocked off and the police arrived after a few minutes and Travis was very excited to see his uh, friends in blue and... Yeah, he loves cops. Yeah, ran over to them, patted their butts, and (laughs) and ran off. (laughs) He then started playing a game where he climbed back into the SUV and then jumped out the other door at the last second. And Sandy and Jerry couldn't get him to stay long enough in order to lock the doors. And this went on for two hours. Finally, though, he seemed to get tired of the whole thing and just got back into the SUV on his own. And when the officers wrote up the report of what happened, they said Travis was quote, playful the entire time. The State Department of Environmental Protection was also told about the incident. They ended up looking into it and realizing that Sandy and Jerry were in violation of a new law. Because Travis weighed more than 50 pounds, they needed a permit to keep him. Because by now, Travis was closer to 200 pounds. But since he was a local celebrity and beloved by the community and had never hurt anyone, they just let it go. The local animal control officer though was very concerned. And she had a serious talk with Sandy explaining that Travis was now an adult and fully sexualized. And in the wild, chimps have sex up to 50 times a day.
2: Wow. Sounds exhausting. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit. Not for a
0: chimp. Travis also had the strength of at least five men. Adult chimps are unpredictable and violent, and they live for 50 or 60 years, and there was no way that Sandy and Jerry could keep him forever. They had to send him to a sanctuary. Sandy listened, but she wasn't really worried. She knew Travis wasn't violent, and he had never done anything to make her think he'd hurt someone. But they decided to stop taking him out in public, and instead they started spending a lot of time at home as a family. However, there was something Sandy was keeping to herself. A few years before the incident downtown, she got a call from Connie Casey, the breeder who sold her Travis. Connie told her that Travis's parents, Coco and Susie, had escaped with another chimp. They had gotten out of their cage and left the ranch. A man named Jason Coates, who was 17 years old, lived nearby and he had happened to be pulling into his driveway with friends when the three chimps surrounded them and forced them back into the car. The chimps then rocked it back and forth and bared their teeth at them. Connie ended up rushing over and shot Susie with a tranquilizer to subdue her, and Jason had to run into his house to get a shotgun. Susie was sitting on the curb, dazed and picking at the grass, and Connie begged Jason not to shoot, but he ended up firing three rounds at Susie, and Susie died a few hours later.
1: It's so fucked up because I feel like these animals. It's you know they're really not supposed to be here. This is why yeah. they shouldn't be. Right. You know it's unfair to them at the end of the day. Well,
0: and they clearly escaped probably for a reason too. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. they didn't want to be captive anymore. Yeah. The neighbor said that the chimps were never violent, and Jason was actually found guilty of animal abuse and property damage. He actually spent one month in jail, but he never changed his story and insisted that the chimps were violent and dangerous. By early spring 2005, Jerry was having some health problems. In March, he felt bad enough at work to ask one of the employees to take him to the hospital. When Sandy rushed over, they found out that he had stomach cancer, and he had been admitted to the hospital and and spent several weeks there, and Sandy was with him every second that she could. Travis was confused, though. He didn't understand why Jerry wasn't home. Sandy tried to let him hear Jerry's voice on the phone, but it only made things worse. Well,
1: it's just like... A dog, you know, in a a way that dogs do sense when one of their owners isn't home. Like, if I was in the hospital, our dogs would totally know, like, where's mommy? They'd be stressed out and stuff. But imagine with a chimpanzee when they understand so much more and you can't communicate with them and tell them, like, where they are. They're automatically going to think this person is dead or gone forever. Right, Right.
0: So Travis literally got depressed and he would sit for hours rocking back and forth. He took pictures of Jerry off the wall and would hold them close to his chest.
1: It's honestly so cute. It just shows you how emotionally in touch Mm -hmm. they are.
0: One day, Jerry told Sandy that if he died, she had to send Travis to his sanctuary. He told her that she couldn't handle him alone. And sure enough, Jerry ended up passing away on April 12th. His illness came on so suddenly and Sandy barely had any time to process it. She also became depressed and withdrawn. And she stopped talking to her friends and travis was just as bad every night he waited for jerry to come home to have a glass of wine with him
1: it's so sad it's not like she can explain to him no
0: like they can't speak english so.
1: and it's like you got to feel bad for sandy too like as much as yeah the criticisms for sandy like it does it's very sad when you have basically Jerry and yeah, lose Travis. Yeah. It's like she, he's, she's just down to Travis. And then now the idea that I might have to give him to a sanctuary because right. I can't do this on a, she must've been so depressed.
0: Yeah. And when Sandy would cry, Travis would console her. He brushed her hair and filed her nails while she cried.
1: That's so sweet.
0: Yeah. He also started sitting at the window late at night, making happy noises. Sandy actually consulted with a psychic who told her Jerry was visiting Travis and Jerry talked to Travis, and then would kiss Sandy goodnight. Sandy set up a trust fund for Travis in case anything happened to her. A year after Jerry died, she wrote a letter to a chimpanzee sanctuary in Florida. She said she was coming down for a member event and wanted to meet in order to talk about Travis, and she hoped that they could take him. She signed the letter, Sandy, Jerry, and Travis, and she also wrote a check for $250 and signed it from her and Travis, and she put them in an envelope with family pictures, Address sealed and stamped. But Sandy never went to Florida and actually never mailed that letter.
1: It's like in her gut she knew it was wrong for her to keep him, but she just couldn't do it. Couldn't he's go. like I mean, all she has. She's family. lost her daughter. I mean, yeah. Now her husband, he's the only person, the person, you know, right. the only the only being she has left.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Meanwhile, Charla moved to Stamford with her daughter Brianna in two thousand nine. Charlotte at this point was in her early 50s and Brianna was 12. They had fallen on hard times the last couple of years. And Charlotte did the best that she could in order to support her daughter. She worked odd jobs, did yard work, and even cleaned horse stalls. But they had actually spent over a year living in a homeless shelter. And that's when Sandy had an idea. The loft apartment next to the shop was empty, so she offered it to Charlotte and Brianna rent free. Charlotte started working in the shop and helping Sandy out around the house. She did bookkeeping and handled dispatch at the tow shop, and she even took care of Sandy's property for her. She also watched Travis a few times, but he was so big now, she was afraid of him and didn't want to be left alone with him. Sandy still had trouble coping with everything that had happened to her. She had developed a compulsive shopping problem and spent hundreds of thousands at discount clothing stores like TJ Maxx. She also filled her house with bags of clothes and large plastic bins. And once they went into the bin, it was unlikely she'd ever look at them again. She blocked every room with these bins except for Travis's suite. So that's where they spent all their time. In 2008, she hired a construction crew to build a new addition to the house that Jerry had designed for Travis years before. And by now, Travis was 13 years old. He was five feet tall and weighed 240 pounds. And Sandy decided he needed some more space. But Travis was also very overweight. He had a receding hairline. A wrinkled face and graying hair on his torso. Because Travis would spend his days watching TV, playing computer games, and eating. Sometimes he'd just wander around aimlessly around the house.
1: Sounds like a terrible life
0: for yeah, a chimpanzee. Yeah, it was very bad. Very unhealthy for him. Yeah. Sandy had even gotten him a pet cat named Misty, who could usually cheer him up.
1: <laughs> so funny, he has his own pet. His
0: own pet, right? <laughs> but even Misty didn't seem to make him happy anymore
1: he was experiencing real depression. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: So let's go to February 16th, 2009, the day that shit really hit the fan. Sandy was having a stressful day. She and Sharla, her friend from the rodeo scene, had just gotten back from a weekend trip to Mohegan Sun Casino and Resort in Uncasville or Uncasville, sorry, <laughs> Connecticut. Sandy had paid for Sharla to get her hair done and also gave her some gambling money. And when they went to dinner that night, she had talked to the waiter and was showing him pictures of Travis. She was very proud of him, so she loved to talk about him. Charlotte was 55 at this time, and Sandy was 70. But the old friends traveled well together, and they normally had a great time together. So once they got back, Sandy realized that Travis's room was filthy and really needed to be cleaned. But she had plans to meet a friend. So around 3 that afternoon, she was already running late and trying to get Travis's room in order as fast as she could. He had been agitated all day. He had turned on all three TVs in the house, but didn't even want to watch them. Sandy tried to give him a snack, asked him if he wanted to draw or play with Misty, but he wasn't interested in doing any of that. She felt like he seemed really anxious. And Travis had actually been prescribed Xanax by a doctor. So she decided that day that she was going to put Xanax into his afternoon tea, But even this didn't help. And he was also taking medication for Lyme disease at the time. He had taken keys from the counter, went outside into the yard and was jumping between cars, which is kind of his way of asking to go for a ride because he did love leaving the house or getting in the car. So Sandy tried to get him back inside, but he just refused. So she called Sharla and complained that Travis seemed really irritated all day and was now refusing to come back into the house. During the conversation, Sharla agreed that she would come over and help. That's how good of a friend she was. Obviously, she has no experience in this. You'd think there's got to be someone better you could call in a situation like that. But maybe she was afraid that they would take him. Well,
0: she was already familiar with Travis. Travis knew her. So I'm sure introducing somebody new to him right now is probably not the best thing. But I see what you're saying, though. But
1: it's like, yeah. Yeah. I just mean i feel like if anyone had a good chance of getting travis in it's sandy right like she she's closer with him than charla well, i Why mean ask it's probably hard
0: at 70 years old to be dealing True. with an adult five foot 240 pound True. Maybe she chimp could,
1: but yeah charla's older too though she's 55 and has no professional experience they just it just seems like you would call a professional a that'd be the, that would be the best and if only that had happened right so charla gets to the house at three forty. She opens the gate, pulls into the driveway, and stopped the car over near the house. And she had brought a Tickle Me Elmo toy for Travis. This was something that he kind of liked. So she was hoping that it would cheer him up. It was his favorite toy. So when she stepped out of the car, she held the Elmo toy in front of her face. And since she had colored her hair a few days earlier, she looked much different than when Travis had last seen her. At this point, he was 35 feet away from her, and as soon as she steps out of the car with the Elmo, he notices her and starts charging at her.
0: Yeah, charging.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So when he gets to her, he jumps onto her, knocks her against the car, and then knocks her down onto the ground. And she starts screaming and told Travis that it was her, Sharla, and in seconds, she was covered in blood. So this is just as soon as she gets out of the house. I mean, out of the car. Yeah. It's automatically happening. She doesn't even have time to process. And Sandy is in the house during this. So she hears this and hears her screaming. So she comes running out of the house and starts bashing Travis in the head with a snow shovel, trying to get him to stop. Because obviously she's aware of what chimpanzees can do. Like, I'd hope that over time she'd heard stories of these attacks that happen on humans, And so it was scaring her, too. She was screaming. Travis was screaming. I mean, making horrible screeching noises. It was just complete chaos. And he would not stop attacking Sharla. And this is really just so disturbing. But he was ripping her skin off, literally ripping pieces of her skin off and then eating her flesh. And this was all happening while Sandy is watching this. Like, he went into... I mean just a complete days attack mode and could not be stopped. And eventually he started like eating her eyelids. That was the one thing yeah. that really stuck out to me is that's what they do.
0: And go for your like, face.
1: Th- your face, your hands, your ears, like you know, smaller parts of your body.
0: Well, they go for like what makes you human, you know what yeah. makes, What what looks most of them like another chimp would be, you know, the fingers, mm-hmm. the face, the nose. They rip all that off.
1: So and keep in mind, this chimp has the strength of I mean, he is so, so, so five adult males. Yes. And then Sandy is 70 years old. Charlotte's 55. They have no no chance against him. And so Sandy runs back into the house and grabs a butcher knife, just screaming the whole time. And she had to go out there. And I can't imagine how hard this would have been for her. But in that moment. You know, you want to save yeah, your, your friend. You have being... you have to do this. She started stabbing him in the back. Um, she only did it three times because he barely even noticed. Like, <laughs> that's how amped up he was. And he was also drugged. So she tries to pull him off Charla, but he's so massive that it's absolutely impossible. So he stood up for a second and looked back at Sandy. He looked right at her but didn't do anything. He knows because he knows it's Sandy and went right back to tearing Charla apart. And this is all because her hair color was different.
0: Yeah. Didn't recognize her.
1: It's not crazy. I mean,
0: that's what we think. At least obviously we don't know for sure, but clearly, I mean, he was, saw her as a threat. He was yeah. like, what are you doing here?
1: So Sandy started thinking maybe he's going to go after me next. We could both end up dead. Like she, she almost felt like there was no hope for her friend. So she ran to her car and locked the door and called 911 there and this is how I first found this case. I actually just came across yeah, 9-1-1 this nine one one call on YouTube. Crazy. And fair warning, this is an intense call to hear. You can hear Travis screaming in the background. It's
0: it's wild. It's
1: wild, but it's important I think to understand the gravity of how this went down.
2: Nine one one, where's your emergency? Oh, this is City
1: Two Forty One Rock, Rock Rose. What's Send
0: the problem? Send the police. Send the police. What's the problem there? The kids the, the killed my my friend. What's the problem with your friend? Oh, please. What's the problem with your friend? I need to know. With a gun. With a gun. Oh my god. Yeah. That is
1: It really paints a picture yeah, of what I mean, was going on.
0: It's crazy because you can literally hear Travis screeching in the background yeah. and she has to sit there in the car watching her friend get torn apart by her. You know her son her mm-hmm. her chimpanzee i mean can't and even, how
1: about the friend i mean she's yeah. like aware of what's going on Jesus, too man. while I this can't even is imagine, happening to can't her even imagine the dispatcher just sounded like so confused trying to just wrap yeah, oh, his sure. mind or it was fucking like, happening He's like your chimp yeah like good god it's yeah. so fucking crazy
0: apparently when the police got there though travis had actually wandered away from charla and charla was very quiet and still And covered in what looked like buckets of blood. Her clothes and skin were torn off. Pieces of her scalp and multiple fingers and teeth were thrown around. Her hands and face were gone. Travis had knocked a side view mirror off the police car. And he had tried all the doors until one opened. And he opened the driver's side door and stared at the officer inside. The officer was able to put his hand on his gun. Travis is baring his teeth and covered in charlotte's blood
1: oh my god can you imagine rolling up to that car as an officer i mean that call that's got to be yeah. like you're what? not ready for that no no one's thinking that's going to happen on their shift yeah. right no one wakes up in the morning thinking yeah. you're going to be dealing with face a chimpanzee with a bloody that might murder you yeah. like oh my god
0: but this officer was ready and in a matter of seconds he pulled his gun and loaded four rounds into travis and travis stumbled back a bit. Uh, defecated on the ground, and then made a terrible high-pitched sound before he turned and ran off. One of the officers then stepped over to Sharla, who miraculously was still alive.
2: Yes, And yes.
0: she actually moved what was left of her arm toward him. Several other officers searched for Travis, but he had slipped back into the house through the open front door, and so they were able to follow the trail of blood into the house. And that's where they found Travis collapsed in his room and dead.
1: And it's sad because... You know, he should have never been there in the first place.
0: Right. I mean, it's not like he's a wild animal at the end of the day. And wild animals, no matter how trained you might think they are or how, mm-hmm. you know,
1: how in control, domesticated you are.
0: they are, it's just like they have instincts. And and they
1: live so long, especially like a 70 year old woman in charge of a chimpanzee who has like mental illness. He was depressed and struggling. And yeah, it's. It's just like people get so in over their heads in these situations.
0: So before we get into the aftermath of this attack, we're going to take one more ad break today.
1: So as many of you are probably super relieved to hear, Charlotte did survive this attack, but it was brutal. Absolutely insane. The first responders actually called it horrendous. And, you know, they see the worst of the worst. And the first responders actually rushed to her aid before the scene was even secure, essentially risking their own lives to save hers. And thankfully, they did because they did save her life. Travis had broken nearly every bone in her face. Her mid face bone structure was completely gone. Oh my Her God. eyelids were ripped or chewed off, and that's something that they go for a lot. The eyelids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes that just makes my skin crawl. He tore off her lips her jaw ripped away most of her scalp damaging her brain tissue her nose was almost completely ripped off one of her hands was completely torn off as well and the other was mostly gone the first responders said that they looked like they had been put through a meat grinder she lost half of the blood in oh her God. body
0: dude i'm I'm honestly absolutely shocked that she survived this attack i, I mean, know incredible i mean kudos to the first responders because i mean she could have easily bled out at that scene and if they hadn't risked their lives then she would have absolutely died there
1: i know it's like it's crazy how it really does depend on who responds to your accidents because we were watching a documentary the other night we're going to be covering this story soon and the first responders in the case didn't react fast. They decided to wait. In Two least. hours, yeah, yep. to respond. And because that of them, was... a ton of people died. Right. So it's it's good to hear people like this that clearly are in it for the right reasons, and that's to save lives. She also contracted a disease in her eyes from Travis, and doctors had to completely remove them, which means she was now permanently blind. When she arrived at Stanford Hospital, she was conscious, which is amazing. Yeah, it like, really
0: is. I would wow. I would think that you'd be unconscious. Like Yeah. I feel like I would pass out from that.
1: The shock, right? Yeah. And oh, that makes it even worse thinking that she was like awake during the oh, I can't even think about which, it.
0: Which I mean, that also goes back to show that the first responders were able to keep her conscious. Cause like mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. things go downhill really quick. If somebody with, with traumatic injuries like this go yep. unconscious, I mean it's very likely that person's going to go into shock and then you know yeah die as a result
1: yeah your body wants to shut down naturally so, because it's in such shock yeah. so yeah i'm sure they were talking to her charla yeah. stay awake stay awake
0: it's really a miracle that it she is. was still conscious and alive at the this
1: whole story is a miracle yeah. that's why i wanted to talk about it cuz like i don't know if i would have chosen to talk about this story on this podcast because if she hadn't had survived died, yeah. she spent 3 days in the hospital right. and had more than 7 hours of surgery by four teams of surgeons just the first day and they repaired what they could but it was pretty bad i mean the picture of her afterwards we're going to go ahead and put it up but warning if you're squeamish for t- that type of thing look away don't look it's it's really really hard to see it almost doesn't look real
0: yeah it's just pretty alarming to i mean travis basically rearranged her whole face and mm-hmm. removed major pieces of it just
1: the amount of swelling yeah it's unbelievable so they reattached her jaw and her thumb to her right hand they found chimpanzee hair and teeth implanted in her bone she was awake for that and obviously it was incredibly difficult for her family to see her like that imagine (sighs) she was such a beautiful woman you know their beautiful mother and then this happens yeah because a chimpanzee attack them like a map what they'd be oh wow the shock that they everyone would be in yeah it's unbelievable
0: even the staff members who treated her when she first arrived were given counseling to help them cope with the trauma yeah that was just a result of taking care of her mm-hmm. they ended up airlifting charla to cleveland clinic a few days after surgery where she would stay for the next 16 months she couldn't see or smell and part of her thigh had to be used to reconstruct her nose but she couldn't breathe through it. It's
1: she, amazing how they can do that, though.
0: I know. I, yeah, what surgeons can do nowadays is truly amazing. Mm-hmm. And she relied on the medical staff for everything. She couldn't eat or talk normally. And she had to drink all of her food through a straw. And the rehab was intense and emotional. In March of 2009, her family actually filed a lawsuit for $50 million against Sandy. Mm-hmm. Because a toxicology report confirmed that Travis had Xanax in his system. And this short-acting drug can obviously cause disorientation, aggression, hallucinations, or mania in humans. So it's also possible for a chimpanzee to have similar side effects. Others potentially at fault included the vet who prescribed the Xanax, the State Department of Environmental Protection, and the city of Stanford. And on May 6, 2009, a judge froze Sandy's assets, which were valued at $10 million. On November 11, 2009, Charlotte actually revealed her face on The Oprah Winfrey Show, And Oprah actually went to the Cleveland Clinic to meet Sharla, who wore a veiled hat over her face. And it was her 56th birthday. And we'll actually
1: link these below because Oprah does not like to share content. (laughs) Owen is going to copyright our asses. So, yeah, we'll have it below if you would like to see that.
0: But Sharla said that she felt like layers of gauze were covering her face at all times. But she wasn't in any pain. Charlotte also told Oprah that she wears the face covering almost all the time in order to avoid scaring people, but also because she knows the tabloids would pay a lot of money for a picture of her. And in fact, there was even a guard posted outside her door at all times in order to protect her privacy.
1: Yeah, this was really big in the media, actually. It was, yeah. I had no idea. I didn't I thought I never, this was a lesser known thing, but I was talking to my dad about it this morning when yeah. he was asking what we were recording today, and he was like, Oh my god, I totally remember that. It was all over cnn and stuff
0: yeah her daughter brianna actually moved in with her friends while she finished high school and her mother recovered after this and in may 2010 charlotte was sent to an assisted living home near boston and her family started a trust fund in order to raise money for her medical bills and her treatment which i can't even imagine how mm-hmm. much her medical bills were
1: yeah it's got to be insane with the amount of reconstruction mm-hmm. plastic surgery oh, sure is it's so expensive million,
0: million plus dollars of medical bills if Possibly. Not more.
1: So because this was such a huge story and people had so many questions about what angered this chimp so much, why was this chimp a pet, should he have been a pet, talking about you know, what, what should laws be around this, um, and there was just a lot of gossiping going on online about how this all played out.
0: Right. And even like what chimp Travis really was, I mean, there was even rumors going around that Travis was the same chimp from old Navy commercials in the 90s. Mm-hmm. and also appeared in multiple TV shows like the Mari Show and the man show however none of these rumors ended up being true obviously mm-hmm. but there I mean a story like this just you know yeah. made headlines all over the world
1: yeah and that was another problem with it too is like it was kind of lost in translation yeah. you know there a bunch of different things this were wild. said that just weren't true because people were reporting in different countries and there was just yeah. I mean or people just straight up add things in to make it even more juicy yeah love a good headline
0: well this is a crazy headline apparently the new york post ran a story that claimed sandy was in a relationship with travis insinuating they had a sexual relationship (laughs) that's fucking wild
1: i know there was also a woman that came forward in 1996 claiming that travis had tried to pull her into her car or a car and bit her hand She also claimed that she reported it to the police, but there was no record of it. But, I mean, plenty of times they just don't write things down. That happens all the time. So who knows? So when Sandy went to the crematorium to see Travis's body, she brought his favorite tie-dye t-shirt from home for him to be cremated with. So clearly this was still sad for her, even though she had to make that final call. She had to stab him and then, you know. i think there is no
0: there's yeah. no option i mean I yeah. think they either way they'd have Ugh, to put him down
1: and what's so terrible to think about and i'm sure she's she, i mean hopefully she feels some guilt from this i'm sure she does but especially the fact that she considered sending him to a sanctuary even wrote a note and attached mm-hmm. the picture and shit and just never sent it yeah she could have saved Sharpa. yeah
0: she could and travis yeah
1: yeah and, yeah. and still that's, had that's a relationship
0: true. with him until the end of yeah. his life or her life. Got and, to go visit. He right. In a I safe know. place, safe environment.
1: It's a shame. It's a total shame. I like, I mean, I hope after all of this, at least someone was inspired to do that for their animal yeah. that they may have felt out of control with. Right. But when Sandy went to the crematorium to give him this tie dye shirt, Travis's head had actually been removed to test for rabies. And when Sandy saw him, no one prepared her for that. She was absolutely traumatized and obsessed with it for months that they had decapitated her son. Sandy didn't leave her house after this for weeks. Reporters stayed outside for hours trying to get her to come out and talk again. They left her presents and wrote her condolence cards, and she ignored all of it because she obviously knew they don't they don't actually care about her. They just want
0: yeah. you know
1: to get the next best headline. Right. And she didn't clean up Travis's blood in his room. She put a huge stuffed chimp in his favorite chair. She talked to her friends on the phone and would cry. And she was most upset about the claims that she didn't care about Sharla because there were a lot just being said about their friendship. She felt like, you know, she obviously did care about Sharla because she had stabbed her own son in order to save her. And she told the police to bring a gun and shoot him. When she started going out again, she spent most of her time in the casino or shopping. She, you know, was trying to fill the void. Clearly, she filled her house with bins of shopping bags and she could barely get from room to room. Total hoarding situation.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just coping. Yeah. Coping with grief. Trying. Yeah.
1: She mostly just talked on the phone about Travis. She would eventually give up on people and started feeding raccoons and deers outside of her house. She just preferred animals. She ended up sponsoring a chimp named Chance who lived with his owner in a mobile home in another state. Sandy visited Chance when he was about one years old and played
0: with him for hours. I'm sure that was good for her in some regard. Yeah, healing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But she's got to be feeling like major guilt. In May of 2010, Sandy started having severe chest pains. She called a friend who called 911. She was taken to the ER by ambulance and rushed into surgery. And it turns out that she had a ruptured aortic aneurysm. And she died on the operating table on May 24th, 2010. She was 72. Her attorney released a statement that said multiple tragedies in Sandy's life had actually broken her heart one too many times and she couldn't take anymore she was buried next to jerry with an urn on either side of her one with the remains of her daughter susan and one with travis there was a rumor that she hid eighty thousand dollars in cash in her house and in the first two months after she died people broke in five times looking for it
0: uh just
1: crazy Yeah. yeah i know
0: and Charlotte's lawsuit against Sandy actually was settled with her estate, and Charlotte received about four million dollars. Charlotte tried to then sue the state of Connecticut a few years later, but the lawsuit was denied because at the time she was attacked, there was no law against a person owning a chimp. Not crazy. Yeah, God.
1: So technically, she wasn't like, you know.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like illegal ownership or anything. It's
1: just that she knew she knew there yeah. what could have happened you know right. and that he she knew she was he was way out of control for her at that age that she yeah. couldn't manage him anymore and she still chose to keep him
0: right and apparently the police officer who shot and killed Travis was denied coverage for therapy in order to treat the depression anxiety he developed afterward okay, sure what that was the a very fuck. traumatic event
1: uh, yeah to, to
0: deal with yeah
1: that's like not I'm sure they don't have training for well maybe they do but To to what extent can you even train for a situation like that in the police academy?
0: I don't think they train you to.
1: Like, okay, we're going to send a wild chimp after you Like you fight it.
0: Yeah, no. Well, and after this whole ordeal, um, the House of Representatives actually voted Mm -hmm. to pass a bill to effectively ban keeping monkeys, great apes, and lemurs as pets. However, the Senate never voted on it. So Mm -hmm. never went anywhere
1: because you still see it. Yeah, I still see people with monkeys and stuff on TikToks all the time. And I know some of them like do take really great care of them and are responsible. But it's just there's got to be control because, yeah, people get in way over their heads.
0: But then in June 2011, Charlotte was still in recovery and she was hopeful that she would qualify for an experimental face transplant surgery. She initially wasn't a candidate for hand transplants because she couldn't see. But if she could get the donor hands and face from the same person, she could get new hands as well. And she would be the world's first face and double hand transplant recipient. So in June 2010, Charlotte arrived at Brigham and Women's Hospital, a Harvard teaching hospital and a world leader in transplantations. The team of surgeons who set out to make this dream a reality for Charlotte were led by Dr. Bowden-Pomahack. And the preparation took nearly a full year. In May 2011, she finally received a donor face and hands Which was a huge gift and sacrifice from the donor family
1: that is it's very meaningful yeah
0: yeah the exact date of her surgery is never released to protect the privacy of the donor but this transplantation surgery took 20 hours and actually went very well the face transplant included the forehead nasal structure nose lips muscles and nerves god
1: that's incredible
0: right I can't even wrap my mind around that. I know, the fact that that they can transplant faces, I mean, pretty much everything now is just wild. And this was only the hospital's third full-face transplant, and all of them were done by Dr. Bowden and his team.
1: Here's a little clip of the surgeon speaking about this surgery.
2: Today our focus is on uh, Charla Nash. And while I know you're all aware of the horrific ordeal that has led to Charla's needing our care, I'm not sure you're aware of the person Charla is. To us, she's not a woman who was mauled by the chimpanzee. To us, Charla is a courageous, strong person who inspired the team to do everything possible, using our collective expertise to restore her quality of life.
0: Unfortunately, after the surgery, though, Charla developed pneumonia and got really sick. And an infection caused poor circulation, and she unfortunately lost her new hands.
1: It's so sad.
0: And with her new face, Charlotte was able to smell again. She could eat and talk normally and kiss her loved ones. And she was no longer burdened by how people treated her disfigurement. I mean, it's night and day from where she was before to after the transplant.
1: She honestly looks really good. It's very impressive considering
0: how bad it was. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, and if you're just listening, definitely just Google a picture of her face. You'll be really impressed. The before and after is really amazing. Her
0: eyes look good. Sadly, though, Charlotte suffered some brain damage from the attack. And she lived in a care home for a while and did facial exercises, speech therapy and physical therapy every day. Mm -hmm. And she ended up telling her story in Washington in support of the Captive Primate Safety Act.
1: Here's a clip of Charlotte talking about her experience in Washington. I am Charlotte Nash. I'm here today to make sure that what happened to me never happens to anyone else ever again. In February 16, 2009, I was attacked and lulled by my daughter's chimpanzee, Travis. He ripped off my face, my hands. They were able to salvage a thumb and sew it on sideways. And eventually she was able to live pretty independently with an aide coming in to help her during the day on weekdays, but she's by herself on weekends and even leaves the house on her own. Here's another clip of an interview to show her progress after her body started to reject her transplant in 2016. Well, this one diocese said a slight rejection to success. They've learned so much from all night testing, and Charla has even more ambitious goals that she's working towards now. She wants to be able to ride horses again, maybe with the help of robotic arms. Which technology is moving really yeah, wanna, quickly in that area. i
0: I mean, prosthetics have gotten so good, incredible I mean, that they virtually—I re- mean, almost better than anything biological you can get. Mm-hmm. You know, tra- and you don't have to really worry about your body rejecting a, right. a biological transplant
1: so Mm -hmm. but she really does hope that one day she'll get a shot another hand transplant and i could see why you would want you know for sure i mean
0: to lose touch yeah on your hand would be really Mm -hmm. hard so Mm -hmm. i get why you'd want to to have that that sensation again for sure
1: okay so let's talk a little bit more about exotic pets which i know is going to be very controversial (laughs) in this comment section so exotic animals are defined as those who are not domesticated but domestication does not mean born in captivity it means hundreds of thousands of years of human-led selective breeding, causing gradual genetic and behavior modifications that are different from their wild ancestors. If an exotic animal seems tame in captivity, they are still wild, meaning they are unpredictable and dangerous, even in the best situations with the best trainers. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, you plenty see plenty of time examples where, of that, you know, wild animals in captivity who, you know, have a relationship with their trainers and, mm-hmm. you know, end up. Getting killed because they're wild animals at the end of the day.
1: Right. 67% of U.S. households or 85 million households have at least one pet, mostly cats and dogs. But exotic animal ownership is now on the rise. The exact numbers aren't known, but it's estimated that over 15,000 primates, 10,000 to 20,000 big cats, and 13.3 million small exotic mammals. Is that considering bunnies
0: that's bunnies too yeah yeah because yeah we have to see an exotic vet yep Hmm. that's why the number is so much higher too than like primates and big cats is yeah because that's i mean that's encompassing anything small that could be ferrets that could be yeah uh, but
1: rabbits are domesticated our rabbits are domesticated
0: exotic animals right
1: but they are illegal in certain parts of the world like a lot of our friends over in the uk can't have them
0: yeah yeah
1: because they're uh invasive not because of any other. Well, yeah.
0: Like if that. somebody lets them loose out, yeah, they can the like wild. repopulate and sure fuck up the phone. That makes sense. And
1: also, 9.3 million reptiles are also kept in private U.S. homes as pets, which we all know a lot of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, tons like of people. Most of us have had. I mean,
0: there's tons of YouTubers out there that have. Yeah. I mean, we used to watch one that has all kinds oh, of yeah. exotic snakes, snakes and really venomous ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And obviously, some people are doing it right and setting a good example but there is a severe lack of regulation and oversight in the exotic pet world and in the you know world of selling and breeding
0: exotic yeah. pets and just owning them mm-hmm. i mean there's really no you know oversight of that at all
1: yeah and it's a huge industry it's a 2.15 billion dollar per year industry in the united states alone and it's also way too easy to get an exotic pet even in states with laws against keeping certain species as pets, there are no national databases and very little resources are available for oversight.
0: It's so easy, in fact, to get an exotic animal that there's literally a website called exoticanimalsforsale.net. And if you just browse this website, like the first thing that comes up is coyotes. You can buy a coyote for $700. Are
1: you fucking kidding me? Yeah.
0: And then there's like.
1: Please don't go to this website, by the way. Micro squirrels. Or use this.
0: There's a. Uh, like bats on here there's bats yeah you can buy bats there's a squirrel baby squirrel monkeys for almost 10 grand
1: polar bears
0: yeah there's all kinds of stuff on here you can buy camels To oh it says
1: are keeping polar bears as
0: pets okay i don't think they actually have polar bears (laughs) let's hope but lots of wolves on here like all kinds of stuff wallabies asian leopard cats Uh, bangles i mean there's all kinds of of different things and that's how easy it is it's dude remember
1: in the neighborhood next door to me there was that dude like keeping a siberian tiger oh
0: yeah yeah
1: in our neighborhood like it it was literally across the street from my house someone drove by and saw them in the window like just a fucking siberian tiger looking out the window and called 911 it's wild isn't that yeah that's wild it's
0: literally (laughs) wild I mean you're putting your whole neighborhood at risk if you got a tiger inside yeah so the animal protection institute tracks reported attacks or escapes of exotic pets and they actually tracked over 120 captive large cat incidents since 1990 75 non-human primate incidents since 1994 and nearly 200 reptile incidents since 1995 and nearly 75 incidents involving other exotics like bears wolves ferrets and even a hippo since Damn. 1995, somebody had a hippo. That's, what? That's, in the, that's the deadliest animal. Yeah. On
2: the planet is the hippo. If really? The wild, he, oh, they kill more people. Like I'm pretty sure they kill Wait. like hell of people. I yeah, check that. No, I literally watched a thing about it like last night. The deadliest I- last <laughs> night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the hippo. The deadliest
2: animal is the
1: hippo.
0: I I think I've heard that before actually because I they people just assume yeah. that hippos are like nice. Oh
2: my god! I always thought hippos were nice.
0: No, they're. Mm-hmm. Those and it really
2: is mm-hmm. i mean you've wow. seen them snap a watermelon with yeah. like that's no true. work they could pop your head in two seconds yeah i guess that snap makes your sense body in half. Yep. yeah
0: wow according to born Free usa it's been reported that more than 344 mm-hmm. people have been injured by exotic pets in the us since 1990 and 19 states have a ban on the private ownership of most exotic animals 12 have a partial ban and 14 require pet owners to obtain a license or a permit but north carolina alabama and wisconsin have no statewide laws or liabilities (laughs) about owning an exotic pet nevada is in the process of passing a bill to ban dangerous wild animals as pets um, if it's passed by the senate this month actually but since 1975 it's been illegal to import non-human primates into the u.s for the pet trade but there are no federal laws prohibiting the trade-in or keeping of non-human primates as pets within the states and because there are restrictions on the importation of big cats and primates are almost exclusively bred and sold within the United States, and keeping chimps as pets is very cruel to them, it's dangerous to humans and a drain on community resources. Mm-hmm. Most primatologists and primatological organizations are strongly opposed to keeping primates as pets. People have a lot of misconceptions about chimps because of how they've been portrayed in the media. For example, when a chimp is smiling, it's viewed as friendly or happy or mischievous by humans. And that's the context we're given in the media. But a grin is actually a fear response or a sign of stress. Chimps are obviously highly intelligent. And as they grow, they need a lot of stimulation and interaction to thrive, including socialization with their own species and outlets for their natural behaviors and instincts. Without these things, they get bored, restless, irritated, and aggressive. They become mentally disturbed and self-destructive, which is basically what we saw with yeah. Travis. And they lash out by making a mess, destroying property, scratching or biting, which would explain why Travis destroyed his room. And those kept as pets usually don't get the right diet or housing and being removed from their mother as a baby is very traumatizing on its own.
1: Yeah, that's a totally good point. All these things know.
0: happen to Travis. hmm. And chimpanzees reach sexual maturity when they're 10 to 13 years old. And this comes with an instinct to establish a social order or hierarchy, which is often done through aggressive behaviors. Isolation from their species leads to depression, loneliness, boredom, and neurosis, and repetitive movements like pacing, circling, rocking, spinning, and clasping themselves. And they can even start biting themselves, over grooming, or pulling out their own hair. And because they still have natural instincts, their moods can go from happy and friendly to aggressive and violent in an instant. And the humans around them won't even know what triggered them. We used to think chimps were herbivores, but they're actually omnivores who eat the flesh of other animals. Though it's rare, they do sometimes kill other primates in the wild and occasionally eat them. And this means that those chimps that are kept as pets could kill and eat cats, dogs, or people.
1: A study found that 95% of pet owners say they would never give up their pet for any reason. And I'm sure a lot of you out there can agree. Our pets are our babies, right? So when chimps are kept as pets, a lot of people, you know, having good intentions when they do that and they love their pet. So even though it does become out of control for them or they know they shouldn't have them anymore, many people will be going way beyond the breaking point of when they should give give them them up, up, which leads to them escaping, attacking other humans, attacking other animals and even killing their owner or killing themselves, getting into some type of trouble most chimps and other large exotic mammals end up being killed once they escape, even if they never show signs of aggression, because it's hard to wrangle them back.
0: And local police departments are forced to deal with an issue they have no training for. Mm -hmm. And nonprofit organizations with very little resources are left to clean up the messes left behind by exotic pet ownership. And people are just irresponsible with it. Yeah, Sanctuaries become a dumping ground for unwanted exotic pets and don't have the resources to take them all in especially when they can't be placed with other members of their species because they lack the proper socialization skills. Mm -hmm. Plus another serious risk of exotic pet ownership is zoonotic diseases, which are infectious diseases transmitted between humans and other animals. And since chimps and humans are so genetically similar, diseases can be easily passed between them. Primates can transmit many viruses to humans, including yellow fever, Ebola, herpes B, SIVs, which is the primate form of HIV, viral hepatitis and pox viruses and most emerging infectious diseases are zoonotic in fact COVID 19 has been tentatively classified as a zoonotic disease so animals can literally
2: create a pandemic right
0: exactly and in 2016 born free usa predicted that the next global pandemic will originate with wild animals and stress the importance of limiting contact between humans and exotic species
2: that's literally exactly what happened yeah that yep, is. as far as
0: we know that's exactly what happened so i see the appeal for people that want to have exotic pets especially when we're mm-hmm. talking you know i'm not talking about small exotic animals that yeah. could be easily kept in a house but we're talking large mammals that in nature would be roaming you know vast areas of land outside
2: yeah
0: i, I get it it'd be cool to be like oh yeah i have a coyote i have you know you see people <laughs> have like pet what raccoons the fuck with and the stuff. coyote though yeah, I mean, tons I mean, of people have wolves. Actually, and... yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, if you're like, if it's a sanctuary situation, like we've seen, there's some cool...
0: There's a big, at one fox... big cat sanctuary here in Colorado, oh, actually, yeah, we've, that has yeah. tons. I even has some of Joe Exotic's tigers, Yeah, I think. so it's
1: like, if you want to get that experience, go to a sanctuary. Right. Where it's, you know, good for the animals and actually done properly. Right. It's just like the average person. You should have some type, you should have to like go to school to have an animal like this in your home
0: but people who bring a tiger into a residential neighborhood with people all around them that just it (laughs) doesn't seem like something that should be definitely not happening. you know right especially animals that i just meant
1: more like reptiles stuff like that like just making sure people educate themselves as much as they can well like it's just sad that like sometimes anyone can get a pet right And it's some of the worst people yeah some of the dumbest people get
0: their hands on it because i mean even with reptiles i mean there's tons Mm -hmm. of reptiles that could kill you and Mm -hmm. what happens if your your cobra gets out and you know there's kids playing outside and you end up some Mm -hmm. kid ends up getting killed because your cobra escaped yeah it's just like you know obviously there's responsible exotic pet owners out there that know what they're doing and do a good job of being safe but there is always that chance that something can go wrong i mean Mm -hmm. whenever you're dealing with a wild animal you know it you seems never there know. should be
1: more, a little more regulation yeah. and safety set up for that.
0: Yeah. It's it's still very open and, you know, ha- I mean, look what happened with Joe Exotic. Look what happened with all these mm. other private zoos, you know. They have an yeah, overwhelming Yeah, well, all that is of, different than is. what I'm talking about, yeah. you know. But, I mean, Snakes at the end of the day, it's accepted. exotic pet ownership, so. Yeah,
1: no, but, but that's know. like, yeah, I just think that needs to completely stop.
0: Yeah, so, I don't know. Let us know what you think about yeah. uh, this Travis the Chimp story and, you know, do you what's your what's your thoughts on exotic pet ownership do you think there should be more laws more regulations mm-hmm. you know should you know the fact that there's websites like exotic where you can yeah. just go order it up browse a bunch of very exotic cats i mean i'm looking at an african mm-hmm. uh caracal uh, which is from native from fuck. africa that they have that somebody's selling that's so he's declawed i'm sure that's great for him
1: oh my god that's sad
0: so yeah Well,
1: I just want to say, I think Sharla is a really incredible person for going through this experience. First of all, she went over there to help her friend. seriously.
0: Ended up paying. And
1: yeah, paid the ultimate price price for for that and lost her face, lost her vision. Her whole life was so ruined by it, but she didn't let it completely ruin her life because she went on to do all these things and she speaks publicly. She's really made you know a lot of changes and yeah and inspired others and told her story and i think more people need to hear her story honestly
0: and people probably shouldn't own chimps i mean it seems like primates like that are not should not be pets i mean at the end of the day yeah that's what i I think i don't think people should have a chimp as a pet
2: i agree what do you think Janelle? um yeah definitely agree on that don't think you should have a chimp as a pet i think it's kind of like selfish to be honest because like All these statistics we're talking about, like, the chimp could outlive you, it could kill you, it could get free. And then it's like, I don't know, I feel like a wild animal that's not domesticated should not be living in your living room. Like, they're supposed to be out in the open, climbing trees, interacting with other species like themselves. Yeah, are you really providing
0: them with a better life than what they'd have in the wild? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's debatable. Mm -hmm. Plus, Mm -hmm. we have this huge problem, especially in the United States, of the shelters just being full of cats and dogs and normal domesticated pets that need homes and stuff like you know
1: Mm -hmm. how about you
0: adopt a dog or adopt a cat you know instead of a trying to go underground to get yourself a tiger or a chimp
1: you know Mm
0: -hmm. well well, that's just my thoughts
1: so let us know your thoughts and that is going to be it for us today
0: hopefully you enjoyed this episode of my heart podcast i know it's a little bit different but
1: thanks for entertaining me because i thought it was really interesting
0: yeah i I find this super fascinating so hopefully you did too and if you did make sure you subscribe to us on apple Podcasts and youtube we'd really appreciate it also leave us a rating or review on apple Podcasts if you wouldn't mind we do like to see your guys's feedback Mm -hmm. and we do like to see your guys's comments on youtube as well but that is it for us Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode but until then keep taking your mind